Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Lead with Levity podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Walker, and I'm in my reflective mode right now because my birthday is coming up, and it's right around Valentine's, which is a fun holiday, especially when you were born around Valentine's. And it just gets me thinking about those days in my life, those years when I didn't have a special someone around Valentine's Day and how hard that was. It was kind of like, oh, this is my birthday. I want to be celebrated and I want to hang out with somebody and I, <laughs> and I want, I want love. I want love too. And then to have to, to, you know, have all of that stuff going on inside and still show up as if nothing is going on outside was kind of tricky. This episode, because it's dropping on Valentine's Day, this episode is dedicated to those of you who are going through it and you're just trying to figure out how do I kind of seek balance, but also get through it when I'm going through it. Today's guest is Theodora Voss. Theodora is a coach for young divorcees, and she's going to share some tidbits, some advice, some suggestions today about ways that you can kind of get through your day and really get through certain periods of your life that on the surface may seem like really from the outside looking in from the outside looking in may seem kind of hard really sorrowful terrible times how can you get through that and then when you have work to deal with on top of that how do you navigate work when you're going through it at home so that's what we're going to get into today i hope that you enjoy this episode stick around for the highlight. It's time for a sneak peek. Sneak peek, sneak peek. So I wanted to give it some legs and give it a mouthpiece. And I'm hoping that through that, either people that are not married yet can learn something, people that are coming through divorce can learn something. And that's just my goal to give life to the young divorcee's experience. And now on with the show. When you're feeling the pressure, take a moment to step back, pick up your marbles and choose to lead with levity. Join us on the Lead with Levity podcast for fireside chats that will fill your bucket and help you get back to being the leader you were meant to be. Now here's your host, Dr. Heather Walker. Welcome back to the Lead with Levity podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Walker, and I have the pleasure of speaking to today's guest, Theodora Voss. Theodora is the founder of the Voss Network. She's also a coach for young divorcees and she's a learning and development professional. But that's not all. She also hosts two podcasts. One is The Miseducation of Masculinity, which sounds extra interesting and fascinating, y'all. And the second one is The Single or Divorced Podcast. She's also served at some of the largest tech companies in Silicon Valley, and we are blessed to have her with us today because we are going to talk about how you can hold it together (laughs) and get through it. Even when you're going through hell at home, when all hell is breaking loose, things are are going on, how do you preserve your livelihood while that's happening? So some people talk about balance and we're going to talk about balance, but we're also going to get very real today about 
what that looks like and how how you need to kind of crawl through to get to that place of balance. So Theodora, welcome. Thank you so much, Heather. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so interested in your story and how you you've gotten to where you are today as as a coach, as a podcast host, and it sounds like your podcast lines up really well with your coaching. Can you tell me a little bit more about what got you interested in helping young divorcees? Yeah, that's a really good question, Heather. Honestly, I really uh, went through a divorce myself. I was married at age 22 without any tools at all, and then divorced by 28, right? And one of the things that I noticed when looking for resources or looking for a community was there's a lot of like shows and books and podcasts geared towards divorcees, but it was typically an older crowd with children, right? And I loved a lot of the shows that I watched. They helped me through, but I noticed that there wasn't anything for somebody in my demographic that hadn't actually had kids that, you know, and it was minimized a lot, the young divorcees experience. So I wanted to give it some legs and give it a mouthpiece. And I'm hoping that through that, either people that are not married yet can learn something. People that are coming through divorce can learn something. And that's just my goal to give life to the young divorcees experience. What would you say differentiates young divorcees from not so young divorcees? Yeah, that's a great question. No one's ever asked me that actually. (laughs) And I, and I, I want to add to that question because you may assume that I'm thinking about their physical age, but are you thinking about it in terms of, oh, well, we've been together for like five years or less versus five years or more? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say that I'm thinking about it in, in kind of more so how society views divorce for these different um, age brackets, these different lengths of time. When I say young, I mean at least early 30s getting a divorce, right? But in general, I would say it's more so about how society actually views it and responds to divorce. So when I was, you know, sharing with family and friends that I was getting separated and and getting ready to get a divorce, it's like, oh, you have plenty of time. You don't have any kids. Like, you're fine. You got this. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. You guys aren't remembering that divorce is also kind of like a death. It's it's a grieving process that happens. And so it is very much so minimized, especially when you don't have children. It's like, you can start over real quick. And it's strange because you're almost going through your 20s almost all over again if you were married in your 20s and now you're divorced in your 30s with no kids. It feels like you're almost restarting that whole process. And the tools have changed too. Yes. I don't even want to go back to dating. I'm not ready for the swipe right, swipe left. I don't have time for that. Yeah, no. <laughs> and it's not worth no. doing. Take take referrals <laughs> from friends. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't go on those apps. <laughs> I like that. I like that. We should have some kind of a dating, like, I don't know, rating website, you know, where you could go and you could see (laughs) different ratings for each person out there. All the single people have like this, this guy over here, five stars, five stars, this one, 3.2 stars. You know, I would love (laughs) to see something like that. Yeah. (laughs) That's a winning business idea. Yeah. Right. But there has to be we written have recommendations for everything else. <laughs> yeah, there has to be written <laughs> recommendations, though, not just the rating. I need written, <laughs> written proof, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. With some video reviews and, mm -hmm. and everything. Yes. Yes. Someone needs to go out there and make this review site for dating. Like I need to see this really interesting. What was it like for you when you were going through that process? Did, did someone, did your friends throw you a party? Cause I've heard that sometimes people do stuff like that. Like they throw these elaborate, like breakup parties. And I, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on, on that? Is it, is it helpful or is it harmful? I think it depends on the person in all honesty, because like for me, I didn't want, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to get a divorce and I had healed and kind of matured around a lot of the experience itself. And I also want to get married again. So I found it kind of counterintuitive to celebrate a divorce with the intentions that I want to get married again. And so I know people don't look at it like that all the time, but I look at a lot of things like that. If I want this again in my life, even though this traumatic thing happened to me, I need to celebrate, <laughs> you know, like the ability to do it again or the ability that, you know, even if I see somebody else living the life that I want, I celebrate when I'm able to actually get a bird's eye view into that. Because if I'm being allowed to see that, that means I can have it. Right. So I don't know. I found it kind of counterintuitive to celebrate a divorce, but still yet want marriage again in the future. Right. right. So it was kind of, I mean, I would say throw a divorce funeral, if anything, because like I mentioned, it is a death. It's a grieving process. But to celebrate a divorce, I, I don't, I don't find it uh, helpful for where I'm going next because I know I'm going to get married. I want to, I know that now. Right. Now, when we talk about balance and going through a divorce, that can be a really tricky thing there. It's there's legal stuff tied to that. If you have assets, you've got to go through that. Then there's the emotional piece of it, the time that you have to invest in all of that. And when we think about balance, while you're doing all of that, you're still, you still have to work. You still have to get up every day, pull your pants up, your skirt up, whatever it is that you wear, and you have to drive into work and, and make it happen and show up for all of these people who don't necessarily know what's going on at home. Because a lot of people don't talk about their divorce until it's like a real thing that's actually going to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. What would you say was maybe the best th thing that got you through that time? You know, it's, it's, I know some people who have children, it's hard for them to like go and, and do this, but as best as possible, limit a lot of your extracurricular activities, right? Focus on the things that, you know, keep your family going and keep yourself going, which a lot of times, unfortunately, is our income, right? So focus on that because that actually is going to keep you out of, you know, more debt, more stress, more things that come along with not having income coming in during that time. And on that same note, I would actually look further into your company's resources for coaching, for counseling, I mean, you'd be surprised how many things actually exist. So I would really focus on that nest egg first because you really can, you know, benefit a lot from some of the things that are offered through work and by keeping your income going, obviously, right? But as many extracurricular activities, like I was, you know, part of some clubs, I was a part of like just a lot of things. And I <laughs> showed up one day to one of the events and one of our, one of the, the, members of the club had come and he was living in Dallas. So we hadn't seen him in years. He came to visit and he said, Hey, how you guys doing? I, I said, I'm still here. 
my friend, she looks at me. Don't hear what he else do you want? <laughs> right. And that's when I knew I was like, okay, I need to take a break because I am not showing up as my like my real self. I'm showing up as a beaten down version of myself and I need to take a break. So I limited a lot of extracurricular activities. I mean, occasionally if somebody wanted to go grab a wine or go like to dinner, yeah, maybe, but we just really focused on being by myself, reading, journaling, focusing on me because I wasn't even able to keep a face up with my friends. And if I couldn't keep a face up with my friends, imagine trying to keep that face up at work. So you have to really cater to yourself in in those beginning times. And there will be signs if you're paying attention to yourself. And if you're honest and reflective, where you're starting to see yourself act out of character. And for me, that was extremely out of character. I'm I'm still here. Like, yes, we see you. It's obvious, but that's not who you are. So stop, right? I'm glad that you brought up some of the the resources that might be available that people aren't necessarily always thinking about. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of companies have some kind of employee assistance program. And what a lot of people are aware of is that in, in a lot of cases you can get free counseling Mm -hmm. and, and in some cases even free legal support and financial assistance, like, and by financial assistance, y'all, I don't mean money. I mean, someone will sit with you and talk to you about your financial situation. But there are companies out there that have employee assistance programs where you can get six, eight sessions, even of free counseling. And that seems like the, a good time to go ahead and dip into that benefit. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And don't wait on the counseling front because I think I waited a little bit too long. I mean, all in good timing. Right. But as soon as you can, I I would do that. So you can start moving through that process. I'd love to get some advice from you for anyone who's really going through it right now, whatever it is, it could be, it could be your relationships because Lord knows we've all been kind of cooped up with the people that we love for a very long time. And some people have fared better than others in those situations, or it could be, your car, it could be, it could be a lot of things, right? That that could be causing some stress in your life. So when you're going through these times, when you're feeling really stressed out, there's a lot going on at home and you have to go to work and put on that face and show up for other people. What are the boundaries and the guidelines when it comes to how much you actually share with other people at work? Yeah. You know, my grandmother, she's so wise. She told me this right around the time I was starting to go through my separation. She was like, you're going to want to share your stress and your vulnerabilities with people because you are in a vulnerable space. And so I would just advise that. So I don't want to caution against it completely because there are some real friendships that can develop you know, through, through work, right there. Like I've always been fortunate to be a part minus a couple of workplaces, but most of the workplaces I've been in, it's been like having friends and family, like really just quality people that you spend time inside and outside of work with. So I don't want to caution a hundred percent against that, but also be aware that they're still your coworkers. So if you would feel uncomfortable or you feel embarrassed by the information that's being shared, when you look at it later on, like that would be an indicator that you might not want to share that with that person, right? Because you are in a vulnerable space and you are with people that you work with and you just don't want to do anything that might make you feel like, oh my gosh, 
gosh, why did I share that or kicking yourself? Right. But it's easy to really like want to overshare because you are, you know, in this place with people, like 99% of your time is at work, right? Even if you are remote, you're on Zooms, you're on calls with people, that's, those are your people, right? So again, that's why that counseling, I can't harp on it enough, that counseling, that coaching piece is really important because you need someone to talk to. So that way you're understanding your emotions, you're understanding where things are coming from. Because if you start (laughs) talking and sharing all that with other people, it might not be at the point where you can actually form a thought around it. So there's like raw sharing, which is what you should be sharing with your coach or your counselor. But then there's like informed sharing where now you're at a place where, oh, I understand how this what this means to me in my life, what this means to me in my current situation. And now I can actually present it if I wanted to, right? There's a little less detail when it comes to informed sharing or less irrelevant detail that really should be shared somewhere else, right? There was a book that I read during this time. It was called Boundaries for Dating and Boundaries for Marriage. And one of the things that it said in that boundaries of dating book was information is access. And this is across anywhere. This is in relationships. This is friendships. This is work. This is everything. But information is access. And sometimes there's certain people that like I was like this for a long time and now I've kind of made the shift, but I could share something about myself easily and not think anything of it. But then I have a lot of people thinking that they were like my BFF because I shared this piece of information with them, right? And so you have to understand what levels of access you're giving to people by sharing information with them. So I know that's really abstract and I'm sorry, but (laughs) I would just think about is this information that I'm sharing with this particular person going to um, create a deeper level of intimacy? And do I want that deeper level of intimacy with this person, right? Yeah, it's it's a really interesting idea because I know lately I've been having lots of conversations about vulnerability in leadership mm-hmm. and how important it is for leaders to model what they want to see. So if you want someone to be vulnerable with you, you need to be vulnerable with them. If you want someone to be honest with you, you have to be honest with them. If you want someone to trust you, you have to trust them. And, and there are appropriate levels of vulnerability in the workplace. So I think that you're right. It just, it's a matter of sitting down and thinking about what do I want to come out of this conversation and everything that I'm sharing right now, is it going to lead down that path or is it going to take me into a completely (laughs) different zone? And I might have to apologize for some of these things later. And a counselor, trained professional can help you think about what, especially if you are not in the mindset right now to even recognize, like, what should I share? What should I not? I want to share with everybody. I'm, I'm just so upset right now. They can help you think about the differences, where those lines are, and help you walk through what the impact would be of sharing certain things and maybe even ways to share it mm-hmm. in an appropriate way in certain settings. Yeah. And you know what? I'll add this one thing too, as well, because that's really key is having a professional on the line, but something that you can do by yourself that I almost like kind of forgot that I even did during that time. I had this little pink leather journal that I carried around and Anytime I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm bursting at the seams, I would actually just write myself a note or write it down later on and then, you know, go back to it and kind of reflect on it. Because that was one thing my grandma said, keep doing your journaling. And I was like, oh yeah, I could carry my journal around with me and just 
take a note here or there. And that kind of, that helped me in some situations. It wasn't always possible to journal, but that was one concrete thing I, I can actually do on my own. Yes. Yes. I, I completely agree. Journaling is an excellent way to kind of get all of your ideas out and start to process some of that stuff. Yeah. It can always absolutely. go back and reflect and you can see your progress even like, mm-hmm. wow, I, this is what I was thinking about. This is where my head was at back then. And luckily I'm not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> luckily I've learned some things since then. So that's all, that's all really good, really good tips. And you mentioned earlier that you plan on getting married again one day. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Does that mean that you've also kind of dipped your toe into the dating pool? Yeah, and it's real ghetto. <laughs> I must have it. The dating pool is, is really interesting. I, I like yeah. a cesspool. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. You have to, it's almost a game of, so I'm, I, I'm very, what you see is what you get. So it's kind of like the guy who says, his wife says, oh, or she said, he says, how are you doing? And she says, I'm fine, right? But knowing that she's not fine and there's other things underneath that and she's expecting him to pick up on it. I'm like the guy who doesn't pick up on it because if you tell me something, that is what it is, right? And so there have been times where I would say that in the new dating world, you really have to dig very deep for people's intentions. Like you have to almost over dig for people's intentions. So it's been a very interesting process. And I mean, it's just been interesting to meet different kinds of people. Some people have become friends, you know, that like one of my very, very best friends, we met on a dating app and it just wasn't like we clicked as friends, but we just didn't click romantically and we became really great friends out of it. So I've like made some really good connections, but on the romantic aspects of things, no, <laughs> but I'm not giving up. You know, I don't care what's happening online or, you know, in real life, I'm not giving up. Yeah, that's really important, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think when we're giving people advice today and, and helping them get a little bit of encouragement, not giving up is so important. Because Mm -hmm. I know personally, one thing I've seen in life is everything ebbs and flows. You might have a down day right now, but tomorrow could be completely different, right? This time last year, we went through snowpocalypse. Do you remember that? I do. So so y'all, Theodore is actually in Austin. I mean, we could have totally recorded this in the same room. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yeah. We could have done that. So this time last year, we went through this snowpocalypse and I don't know what life was like for you, but I'll talk a little bit about me for a second. We were in that group that didn't have running water, didn't have, and we didn't have electricity. We had electricity for about 10 minutes, once every hour, just enough for everything to come on and for us to say, oh, what's happening in the news? Oh, my Wi-Fi is about to get connected. Oh, and it's done. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And, and so we played after I finally got over, like the fact that I couldn't get any work done for the first day or two, I was texting people and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to try, I'm going to try and get this done. I, I promise you I'm on it. But who was I kidding at, at a certain point, people around the world had heard about what we were going through Mm -hmm. and at some point I had to say, I give up. I'm going to just be in the moment. I'm going to enjoy my family and I'm going to do my best to be present with what's going on here and not try to, 
to force things that are not, there's no way this is going to happen. You don't have electricity. You don't have heat. And you're sitting here trying to do work. Like, what are you doing? You need to sit down. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was a really important eye-opening moment for me last year. Mm -hmm. And when I was thinking about this topic today, how do you preserve your livelihood when you're going through it at home? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you do have to just say in the present moment right now, I'm okay. And I'm in my mind making things a lot worse than Mm -hmm. they even are. Because once I said, I'm going to just stop all of that and I'm just going to be present. I had a great time. We played Uno for like seven days or whatever it was and scooped up snow all day and we were fine. We lived a very simple life for a couple of days there without any internet or anything. And it was okay. What was it like for you going through that? I think that's a very concrete, like we're going through y'all and, and also trying to maintain balance and, and maintain your livelihood at that same time. Yeah, I, I was actually out of commission for three weeks. <laughs> so, and actually, I'll share this too because it's it's very interesting. It was hard. So, my friend showed up actually and told me, "Hey, you're coming with our family." I was like, "Thank God," because I'm not from Austin, from California originally, and so family wise, it's me. <laughs> like, I am family here. And when I finally got back into my place, I felt a little insecure and a little uncomfortable for the first, like probably first month that I was back in my, in my home. And I think it was hard to kind of experience kind of being misplaced like that, displaced from my living circumstances. So that was an interesting time. Yeah. I felt like I didn't belong in my home. Like how could my home betray me? I actually kind of had some of those thoughts a little bit as well. When I finally got back into my place. And I just had to give up the fact that I wasn't going to be able to work at all. And I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, I did say a moment ago that I would never, like, I'm not going to give up, but during the process of not giving up, you also have to be focusing on your purpose and, and what your goals are and what, what you see for your envision for your life. You don't put your life on hold while you're, you know, not giving up. Right. So like what you said is like being present in that moment, you can't put things on hold while you're waiting for, waiting for things to restore, right? It probably could tie back together to divorce. I was also trying to think about some other sort of circumstances that tie into when you're going through something, how do you, how do you find that balance? How do you still navigate things at work and, and going through can look like a lot of different things to different people. Well, Mm -hmm. and I will say this because Again, not not everybody believes in God, but I I do believe in God. I am a Christian. And when I used to, my very, very first job that I ever had, I used to work in supplements and we helped cancer patients with natural holistic healing. And part of our responsibility was actually shipping a lot of their supplies from our warehouse, right? And we used FedEx to do that often. And (laughs) in FedEx's clauses about shipping and about delays, they have an act of God clause, right? which basically means that if there's weather or there's things beyond them, you know, sorry, we can't continue to ship. We we will get it there when we get it there, even if it's a two-day shipping that you requested, right? So Mm -hmm. I think kind of thinking about Snowmageddon or the snowpocalypse. We're having more and more acts of God that (laughs) these companies have to deal with, right? (laughs) Exactly. They have to be agile. It's it's true. And so, you know, 
it, there was really good responses, I would say, to some of the companies that I had been partnering with around the snowstorm and people just understood like you know there's literally nothing that you can personally do to get your stuff working again we can't even get you out of the state if we wanted to so i just that act of god clause from fedex that always kind of pops up (laughs) in my head when i think about certain things like i you know i could literally do nothing about it i could either be miserable or i could enjoy the people that i'm with and there was a lot of bright spots during the storm that we had, you know, spending time together. Like even when we got stuck, we were trying to get stuff and then we got stuck on the hill that comes into one of the complexes. And so we had to work together, you know, I was driving and they're putting stuff under the car and I'm like, I'm not built from this, I'm from California, but we were working through it. <laughs> I know I we're, we're like semi-prepared this year. We're, we're going to have salt and we mm-hmm. purchased a shovel and we okay. have an escape plan. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. But you said something that I think is appropriate, so appropriate for people to hear. You have the ability to make a decision about how you are going to respond in a situation, no matter what happens to you, mm-hmm. whether you're going through a divorce or you're in the middle of snowmageddon or your child is screaming or whatever it is whatever it is, you have the ability to say, this is how I'm going to respond. And even if you don't feel like you have a choice in how you respond, yeah, you can say, I'm going to be as grumpy as I can be. I'm throwing myself a pity party (laughs) and, and you're all invited to my pity party today. Or you can say, I'm going to choose to look for the bright spots in this. I'm going to choose to see this as an opportunity I'm going to be present because I found that sometimes when you're just, when you're actually mindful, uh, even in a bad situation, mm-hmm. like a lot of the, the extra stuff that makes it feel so painful is, is thoughts, not necessarily what you're actually going through in that moment. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. And you know what? I'm glad yeah. you said that bright spots, because one of the things that I kept thinking the whole time was for my friend to show up and just tell me to come on. I felt so loved, you know, I felt so loved yes. and beyond anything else that happened that overshadowed anything bad that could have been happening during that time or perceived bad rather. I'm with you on that. So I just want to encourage anyone who's out there today who's struggling and you tuned in and you said, this seems like an interesting topic and I need some help. Just know that we are here for you. And even though today, this moment, this minute, you might be feeling kind of down or really down, it can change in an instant, literally an instant. Tomorrow, today, anything can happen and it can change. So please hold out hope for that. Theodora, I really do appreciate you coming on to the show today. If anyone wants to learn a little bit more about you and and everything that that you're doing, where should they go? Thank you so much, Heather. I actually really enjoyed being on the show today. It's gotten me out of my comfort zone in so many ways. And if people want to connect with me or learn more about me, they can actually visit singulardivorce.org. And um, if you want to contact me directly too, there's contact at singulardivorce.com. So you can reach out to me there as well. I'm on all social media platforms. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok, on Facebook. So you can reach out to me at those different platforms, but you want to reach out directly, feel free to email me. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Lead with Levity podcast. To get resources mentioned in this episode and find out what we're all about, check us out at leadwithlevity.com.